Alright, let's go. <clears throat> this podcast contains, uh, explicit language, adult beverages, delicious tobacco, and, what's that say? Flagrant misuse of dice? What does that even mean? Who the hell wrote this? To hell with it. I need a drink. Huh? Oh, okay, whatever. <clears throat> this is the Dice and Pipes podcast. Uh, 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 good? Uh, I'm leaving it. Bursting through the bowels of Baldur's Gate and coming to you from the West Cabin, this is Dyson Pipes for the week of November 29th. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hi, Chris. Very hungry. What? I'm very hungry today. Ah. Uh. Well, we're going to eat some food, right? Yes. Good. Oh, good, yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm uh, very hungry. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, find us on the Twitter, Instagrams, and uh, Reddits, uh, Dice of Pipes, and uh, newly announced uh, Mint Christening Voyage. Ma- maiden Voyage. Maiden. We're christening the ship of the Dice and Pipes podcast subreddit. Oh, very exciting. Yep. Uh, let me check and see how many posts there are. None. <laughs> <laughs> but it's out there. Good. If you Reddit fucking creeps want to get in on the action. Oh, boy. What a day. This is going to be uh, brief because uh, we're recording this the day prior to Thanksgiving. Uh, mostly because we both forgot that we had to record. Yeah. When do we plan uh, that we had to record? Uh, last night. Yeah, last night. <laughs> so uh, we do have a Thanksgiving feast in store. Uh, we will be eating that during the gameplay, uh, except during the gameplay, we're not actually eating it. But in reality, while I'm loading the gameplay into the episode, we'll be eating this delicious smorgasbord of spotted dick, Vegemite, and I have a surprise dessert. What are you talking about? A surprise? It's a surprise dessert. You didn't mention anything about another dessert, though. Hence the surprise. Oh, I thought you meant like a surprise for the fans. Maybe you would let me in. On what the surprise was. It's like a surprise. It's a surprise for you because I'm thankful. Oh, you're thankful. Yes. Well, it is Thanksgiving. You should be thankful for something. Yes. Uh, also, mm-hmm. of note, uh, we're at our six month anniversary. Get at it. Yeah. Yes, we are. May twenty seventh, I believe. That's we're recording cool. this exactly six months. Nice to the D. Very cool. Uh, looking back on the storied history of. The Dyson Pipes radio program goes back as as far back as the recipe of Spotted Dick. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, I'm going to tell my kids that this mm-hmm. was actually Critical Role. Have you seen those memes floating around? I'm going to tell my kids, and then you insert the wrong image. So the image is us, but it says Critical Role on the bottom, right? Not an image of Matt Mercer, right? And then this is Dyson Pipes, like he was on the program. I'm confused. I've never seen these memes. Yeah, so you would put in like like a picture of uh, like Willie Nelson, right? And the meme would say, I'm going to tell my kids this was Luke Skywalker. 
Uh, so the joke is they wouldn't know. Right. Because they're too stupid. <laughs> that dumb fucking kids. <laughs> I am in a great mood for a cornucopia of reasons. Why? Uh, so I got this new thing, Tubi, T-U-B-I. D- like Tubi. the doctor diagnosed it? No, no, no. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like leaky gut. But, mm. uh, it's an application. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on the smart devices or not, uh, but it is definitely on the PlayStation, and it's basically a free like Netflix alternative. Okay. Uh, it doesn't even ask you for login information. You just download it and go. Uh, and it has subpar movies, if I'm going to be completely honest. It also has subpar TV programming. So what's making you so excited about it? I'll get to that. It also does not have any of its own original programming. So this is like bottom of the barrel shit. That it sounds you, terrible. It, it is, except mm-hmm. uh, there's one category called Nostalgia TV. And it has Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, what a great show. Alf. Even better show. Saved by the Bell. Wow. When I wake up in the morning and I've been in and body and I can't wait be a time or two. I give myself a look and I get a fucking book and I'm just in time to see the bus fly by. It's all right, because I'm going to get a rape. It's all right, because I'm saved by... What? No, saved by the bell. Saved. They sing about rape? When I give myself a look and I fucking on the book and I made it all time. Doop, ba-boop. Anyway. Yes. And you, you found this on the PS4? Yes. And this was free to download. Yes. Is this going to end up being like, uh, what was that program? LimeWire. Remember LimeWire? LimeWire was uh, like oh. a hosting yeah, sharing yeah, yeah, service, yeah. almost similar to Napster. Yes. And then like house moms were getting fucking sued into oblivion for like millions for all the shit that they were downloading off of it. You don't think they're going to come after you? I mean, if it's on a worldwide platform, I would imagine it's legit. Okay. I, I just, I'm an idiot. I, I don't understand how it works. You download it. Well, I get that, but like, how is that stuff free? There's advertisements in it. Oh, okay. But like, they only do the advertisements when you first start up the show. And then. So you watch six hours of ads and then you watch a half hour episode? No, it's 40 seconds of oh, an ad. Okay. And so then. It's actually better than fucking Hulu. I should cancel Hulu. Yeah. Well, no, because there's those shows I just mentioned are the mm-hmm. only things worth having <laughs> this thing for. Uh, but I got my son into Saved by the Bell, and he power watched uh, like four seasons of this fucking show. Holy shit! And he uh, he was kind of like, uh, I don't know, this show's stupid. It's from the, you know, it's old school, you know, that fucking bullshit. But then, of course, ti- Saved by the Bell being timeless, uh, he he fell in love with it. Two uh, weeks ago is old school for your son. That's true. Like that's how young he is. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is an iPhone 10 week, bro. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was like, listen, if you trusted me with that, I have another show to trust me with. And we fired up the A-team. That's a great one. And boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's a great one. You know, and we were talking about this mm-hmm. uh, a couple days ago. You know, as a kid, uh, Murdoch and B.A. Baracus, of course, Mr. T. Yes. Were probably every kid's favorite. Because yeah. Murdoch is fucking crazy. And Mr. T is Mr. T. As an adult, uh, Face and Hannibal, fucking awesome. Yeah. Face awesome. is such the ladies, man. Hey, wait, real quick, just going back to uh, Saved by the Bell. I did not know. I mean, I remember watching the show when I was younger, but I didn't know 
and you would enlighten me on this point that the first season, the cast of characters was actually different. Yes, from the characters that everybody, I'm sure, remembers. The only characters that were in season one that carried forward were Zach Screech and Belding. That's it. All the other like friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, Lisa. Lisa. She was the stripper. No, nope. I forget the stripper's name. Four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So we've been doing that. Uh, what's new with you? Nothing. I'm very excited. Well, by the time we're, by the time people are listening to this, Thanksgiving would have passed. Hopefully, I don't have a stomach virus or food poisoning mm-hmm. from the food today. No, no, no. Not the food that I'm making for Thanksgiving. That's going to be outstanding. I'm talking about the the smorgasbord, as you say, of uh, of delicacies that we have here before yes. us today. Uh, I'm lo- very kind. I'm scared about this surprise. Logistically speaking. Uh, how do we want to do this? Do we want to eat during the back half of the gameplay and then eat on the front half of the Warhammer? Do we want to just kind of sprinkle it throughout? We can sprinkle it throughout. Nothing. I think nothing is more appealing to the listener than speaking with food in your mouth. Well, then I'm going to grab myself. Uh, let me turn this. Yeah, this yeah. Way so you can help yourself. Yeah, to a, a, a heaping helping of sp- Spotted dick. Uh, we did not do the poutine or poutine or whatever the fuck because uh, the fireplace ran out of uh, fuel. Uh, and I don't want to eat cold, basically, disco fries. Poutine yes. or poutine, whatever the fuck, for those who are uninitiated, is basically French fries with gravy and melted mozzarella. How do you say that? Yeah, mozzarella. No, no, no. The, the, uh, I'm the, an Italian. It's mozzarella. The fucking mozzarella. Yeah, that, that yeah. one. Um. There you go. Thank you. Get right in there. I like how it's it's shaped like a bunt cake. <laughs> I hate that word bunt. Bunt. B u n d t. Interesting. Uh, the Cunt word cake. The, the word Q. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to queue it up in my yeah. C u e is the letter Q with a bunch of silent letters standing in line. Wow. Mm. Remember the term "jump the shark." Oh. It was that old term with Happy Days mm-hmm. when the Fonz jumped the shark and then the show was downhill from there? Yeah. I think your Q line. I think. That was a jump the shark moment. I think 40K episode one <laughs> was jumping the shark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Um, now we can see how Spotted Dick pairs with uh, oh, yeah. whiskey um, and pipe tobacco. I'm drinking Dewar's because I'm a fucking asshole. It's worth noting that our spotted dick is no custard. We're we're going dry. (laughs) Going in raw. Um, It's not terrible. No, it's... You know, it's a different consistency because, like, in America, I think our desserts, you don't have a lot of desserts that are steamed. Are you okay over there? You just fucking (laughs) annihilated that. You took like a pound of dick in your mouth. Fucking that was like a that was like a six inch co- uh, spotted dick slice that you just put right in your mouth. What I was saying was in America, I don't think we have a lot of desserts that are steamed. Right, everything is is either baked or fried or not steamed though. So yeah. the consistency is different. I I do recommend making this from scratch. Yes. Was that was my, that you were making? No, my. Google password uh, expired. I got kicked out of the Dyson Pipes uh, email. Stop it. Yeah. 
Are we hacked? <clears throat> no. Okay. I updated my computer and it kicked me out for some reason. Mm-hmm. I think it was up. And when I said, do you want to close applications? I always just ignore, just fucking let's get this over with. Oh, okay. I think I fucked myself with a big spotted dick. Yes. So, Dude, I like this. It's a shame. I don't think I've ever been in a restaurant where uh, for dessert they serve spotted dick. No. I'll tell you my big problem I have with it is I, I take offense to the fact that they call it pudding. Because uh, when I think of pudding, I think of a delicious snack pack. Yeah, well, this is not pudding. No. Not even close. This is like a, like almost like a sponge kind of cake. Right. Yeah. Um, and Similar it, in form to a bunt cake. It is very dry. But mm. it's not like uh, in a bad way, I guess. No, and now I understand why you're supposed to have it with custard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the custard uh, livens it up a little bit. But you, you just need wash the warm, it down with whiskey. You need, yes, that's right. We mm-hmm. are going to wash it down with whiskey. We need the warm cream to uh, to to bring the spotted dick up. Well, yeah. When elevate the, it. When the dick is up, that's when you get the cream. I got you. I see what we're doing here. Should I just on the nose just call this episode spotted dick or should I call it like double entendres? Yeah, I think it's, it's this whole show. Like we're fucking two year olds. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the draw. Um, That's true. That probably is true. Dude, I don't know what to drink. Yeah, you have a, you have a corny cope. I say makers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good idea. Um, dude, this is actually pretty good. Uh, it's so good that I'm. I, I think I'm going to pass on the Vegemite. Nope. Yep. Nope. You can try it. You can give us the play by play on the Vegemite, dude. It looks weird. It looks like. It, it. It looks like black peanut butter. Yeah, it looks like peanut butter if you turned it into like sandpaper. I don't know. It's just weird. It's fucking well, strange. You're supposed to put it on. Uh, 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 I did a little research, and apparently, you're supposed to put uh, butter on toast and then a little smear of uh, Vegemite. Mm-hmm. I was uh, un- unable to acquire the other ingredients. What? Toast and butter? <laughs> so difficult to come by yes. in America. <laughs> yes. So I'm just going to take a spoonful of this. Uh, oh, you're a bigger man. Veg- Vegemite. Excuse me. Um, how does it pair with uh, Maker's It's Monk? actually good. Yeah? Wow, that's weird. I'm smoking. How do you think it's good? I was just oh. going to ask you. How do you think it's going to pair with Probably some not good. tobacco? <laughs> not good because the 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 uh, the dick is very sweet, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's strange because I'm like I'm picking it out of my teeth. I'm getting the sweetness from that dick, right? And um, mixing it, mixing it with the maker, the maker's mark. I don't know. It just brings out like a, a sweetness in the whiskey. But I'm smoking this uh, GLP's Odyssey, the one that you've been uh, mm-hmm, smoking. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. last week. What do you think of it? Hold on, let me. Before. Before I, you know, was putting dick in my mouth, it was good. You know, it's it's delightful. But excuse me, hold on. <laughs> no, oh not, not even no. close. No, not even, <laughs> not even close. Oh my god. No, I mean I have to smoke this though. But yeah, well priorities. We're no, Dyson pipes, not Dyson dicks. You know, we are dicks, right? But it's not dicks and dice. Different context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're using it as a verb, not a noun. Oh, very good. Not a preposition, like we learned last week. Yes. Uh, all right. So quickly, uh, before we get to the gameplay, mm-hmm. I would like to propose a toast. Oh God. So I want everyone out there to raise your glasses. Uh, and this toast goes out. 
to the people who listen to us. Don't a curveball. It's Thanksgiving. You're being nice. Uh, so I want to give a nice little shout out to the whiskey dicks out there. Why is it? Oh, no. That we seem to be attracting like the bottom of the barrel for listeners. Let's just be honest with each other. Why are you insulting the people that listen to us? Because I want the good ones to listen. Uh, I think at the beginning of a show. Yeah. Easy, easy, easy. You were about to say Vegemite. I think at the beginning of the show is where you pick up your most hardcore listeners. These, in my opinion, these are the ones that we'll have forever. These are the, the creme de la creme, the cream of the crop. Oh, God. You're not don't, the, need, don't need Vegemite. Uh, it's like stuck in my mouth. <laughs> I thought you were going to fall off of your chair. Uh, dude, that's terrible. This is why I fucking hate the listeners. We couldn't get people to listen to us from like Sweden so we can have some chocolate for fuck's sakes. Nobody fucking assholes from Australia making me eat this shit. I don't think anybody from Australia said, hey guys, eat Vegemite. I don't I don't remember getting that email. Yes, they did. (laughs) (laughs) I need more dick. What? Just wash it down with some dick custard. What? (laughs) What we should have had was some shrimp on the barbie. That's Australian. Dude, next Thanksgiving, we're going to do like a, a real fucking high society. Smorgasbord. We're going to go food from Luxembourg. That has to be delicious. I think there was a listener from Syria. I'm sure that's fine when you eat sand. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to besmirch the good goddamn name of the, the whiskey dicks that have, that have latched onto the show <laughs> early on in the first six months. The, the birth of the podcast. I've fucking had enough. That's what I'm saying right now. You've had enough already. You've had enough. I've had enough. Did you read the reviews? Yes, they're fucking they're they're great people. They don't like us. No, I think they love us. No. I've yeah. I've I've fucking I'm putting my foot down. I want to know why mm-hmm. we can't we should have started. It's a it's a D&D fucking role-playing podcast with pipes. We should have started with thousands well, I think, didn't we uncover last week that technically we started with billions? We've just whittled it down to the finest of people. And now we have to build it up. So we've created our foundation. Now we're going to build up. It's like the phoenix rising from the ashes. Our show is like Vegemite. We have uh-huh. condensed down all of the yeast wow. into its purest fucking putrid form. We have pond scum for listeners. So our listeners, the whiskey dicks out there, are putrid yeast. That that's that's who they are. Okay. Well, thank you, listeners. Putrid <laughs> yeast that you are. <laughs> I think they're fine people. And and now I was going to bring it up in this show, but now they're going to have to wait for the Warhammer one because I I don't want to taint the good goddamn name of one of our listeners that sent us an email with a very nice uh, nice offer. So we're going to have to. We're going to have to discuss cyanide. Look, don't project what you want to have happen to our listeners on on us. That's horrible. Is it too much to ask 
You're like really disgruntled right now. Is it too much to ask for these fucks? You have Vegemite to- all over your lips. <laughs> I'm trying to spit it out. This is almost like the cinnamon challenge. <laughs> As you continue to put the... Dude, you're like... You're only supposed to lick, I think, like a small little bit off of the, the tip of the spoon that you, you scooped it out with. You're not supposed to take fucking giant spoonfuls. Well, dude, Spotted Dick with Maker's Mark is actually really good. Anyway. Um, I, of course, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, I am very happy. Are you? Yeah. <coughs> it's a toast. It's got to be, it's got to be angry. Yes. Um. No, I am I am uh surprised and uh slightly perplexed as to how many people actually <laughs> listen to this <laughs> dreck on a on a weekly basis. Um you know, we 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 went into this uh and we'll probably talk about this more at like the the 1 year anniversary, but we went into this knowing that this was going to be a very bizarre show. Yeah. Um and the thought process was thinking about a game session where everyone kind of gets together and you have like that half hour, 40 minutes just bullshitting with each other before you actually start playing. Uh, and then at the end, wrapping up and just saying goodbye to everybody. We kind of, you know, structured the show similar to that. Uh, and then to play off of the fact that we're both two old curmudgeons, this idea of this toast of just finding ultimately shit that doesn't matter. But just complaining about it. No, it matters to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely upset by the things that I toast. Right, but are you are you up here at eleven? I, Maybe I suicide. I'm kind of lanes, dude. Suicide. I can see. I, I can tell which ones you are really up here about, mm. and which ones are you know for uh, comedic effect. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, I, the, the toast part is very exciting. I enjoy the toast. It, it's first of all, I think it's an opportunity to get stuff off of my chest. It's therapy, and I said that before. This is this is like therapy. We are two degenerates here, shoving our faces full of fucking spotted dick, yes, and Vegemite. I'm very eager to know what the surprise is. I'm drinking fucking Maker's Mark at ten ten in the morning before Thanksgiving. Before Thanksgiving, <laughs> <laughs> I have so much shit to do. <clears throat> But I'm here with you drinking whiskey yes. and smoking a pipe. By the way, I didn't even mention it, and I, I kind of feel bad. What, what? Don't fall out the window. Uh, this is the first time I think I might have actually smoked. I should take a picture of this and, and put this on the Instagram. Dude, I rarely, I don't know why, but I always forget to, br- to bring, <clears throat> excuse me, bring Bones pipes over here to smoke during the show. I'm usually bringing like the Savinelli's or the Rossi. Um, but this, dude, I bought this little, I don't even know what you would call this. It's like uh It's like an ant. Uh, no, it's more like, I don't know. I'll let, I'll let the people decide. I forget what, uh, what like the, the name of this was when I had ordered it. Um, but anyway, I use it to smoke Englishes and, and, you know, shit like that out of. And these pipes, dude, they're like forgotten in my little collection. But they are, I think, the most versatile pipes that I have. Bones pipes are my favorite. Yeah, um, I'm actually considering getting another bones pipe because I need. I only have one aromatic pipe, and I need another one. <clears throat> yeah, pick up another bones, dude. They're always putting out fucking new yeah. pipes. He's always putting out new pipes, and he has some cool fucking shapes, dude. And they're dirt cheap. And I hate to like, I hate to say that these are like throwaway, like knock around pipes because they're quality pipes. But I find I use these like this is what I smoke in the car. 
Right. Like, I'll take the Bones pipes. I'll smoke it in the car. If I'm, like, going out, I'll throw it in my pocket. Because I know if I drop it, I don't, I don't give a fuck. They're all, you know, they're all rusticated. So, and they all have, like, little, like, pits and, and Im- characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a cool character pipe. That's yeah. all. There's anyway. no accidents. Just happy mistakes. Exactly. Or. No, no, no. You, you there's no it. mistakes. No, no, no. no. Happy the, mistakes. Fuck. Happy mistakes. Uh, here on uh, Dyson Pipes, the D&D edition, when you either flub your words, as Brian says, or now we're going with grammatical mistakes or misquoting people, apparently. Or just anything in general. Or whatever. We have to get a roll in because we're getting to the end of the show. Uh, he needs over a 10. Otherwise, he's drinking. What did you roll? Don't tell me a 20. You're looking at me. You're fucking devious son of a bitch. 19. Oh, okay. So close. Brian is saved. So you're, you're toasting to the listeners. Yeah. Uh, yeah in yeah. reality, I, I thank all of you for uh, enduring. <laughs> That's a fair word. Horse shit That's that we word. put out every week. Um, yeah, you know, we uh, we push the envelope. Like We are not, by any stretch, a normal no. D&D or tabletop gaming podcast. No, but we're two normal people playing. Yes. Yes. So. So and these assholes just get to listen to us. So yes. happy Thanksgiving, you fucks. So to that, uh, I say, cheers. Yes. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. So I just kind of catch him up as to what's going on. I explained how there was a diversion and explosion in the in the kitchen, and ultimately it led to this woman dying, and now. Surprisingly enough, her body has disappeared. I said, so maybe, if you're interested, maybe, you know, on your own time, if you want to maybe take a look around and see if there's anything that you can uncover as to where this dead woman's body may have disappeared to. You're sneaky, right? He regards you for a couple moments, and he takes his right hand and makes it a fist, and his left hand and makes it a palm and kind of strikes it. No, I don't want you to hit anybody. We're not fighting anybody here. And he kind of softens his posture a little bit and <clears throat> shrugs and he points to his ear and gives you a wink and he walks out the door. Mm. I, I kind of like tug on his robe as he's walking out. I say, and look, there is a small dwarven guardsman that works here. He goes by the name Melnick. I said, if you could, keep a watchful eye on him. Maybe follow him around and see exactly what it is that he does here because I'm starting to believe that he may have had something to do with this. And he nods, gives you like a, not a salute, but like a yes sir kind of motion and out he goes. All right. I'm sure he won't stand out at all. No, not at all. (laughs) Just a fucking monk amongst miners. (laughs) That's normal. And for, for the record, it's minors, not minors. <laughs> right, right, right. Very. This is not, we are not pulling this from an Epstein fucking <laughs> diary. Um, all right, so Harrison is just going to relax in the room for a little bit, just to kind of like get his head straight from that fucking, from that drink. <clears throat> all right, and uh, eventually, uh, early evening, there's a knock, and it is our good buddy, uh, Gosselier. I keep calling him Gosselier. Yeah, that the, works. Everything is very French themed here, yeah. so I, I like it. Gosselier. 
Uh, and he asks to come in. Yes, please. Harrison opens up the door. Mr. Smeltbrew has granted you a short audience. This is wonderful news. When will I be able to meet with him? Right now. Oh, lead the way. All right, so uh, he brings you uh, up to the fourth floor. Okay. And the fourth floor has exactly two doors on it, opposite each other on a hallway. Now, this is the quarters where the staffers are. No, that's the third floor. First floor is all fun and games. I'm sorry, fifth floor. The first floor is all fun and games. Second floor are the rooms. Third floor are um, security. Fourth floor is staff. Fifth floor is the penthouse. Okay. And there's two doors. One door all the way down the long hallway to the right. One door all the way down the long hallway to the left. The door on the left is a heavy iron door. And the door to the right is a very, like, um, fancy-looking brass, copper, gold, iron door. And he brings you to the right. Okay. Uh, There's a servant standing out in front. Not a guard, necessarily, uh, but somebody nicely dressed. And they open the door for you and motion for you to enter. And it's uh, it's a penthouse. It looks like an entire apartment, basically. Okay. Uh, but the main room has is like serves as his office, and uh, he's an older, very heavy set dwarf. Uh, not necessarily fat, but like barrel chested. And uh, he stands to regard you, and asks you or motions for you to sit down. Excuse me, sit down in the chair across from him. Okay. So I, I thank him. <clears throat> Real quick, just based on an observation. Um, does it appear the characteristics that this fella has? Is there any resemblance to Melnick? I see dwarf. I see another dwarf. No. So it doesn't look like the new guy might be. This could be some sort of like nepotism. It's like a family member. Yeah. No. Okay. So there's no resemblance there. Okay. Not to say that they aren't related. Right. But, but from th- looks alone. No. Okay. Uh, when you sit, a human woman comes in and gives him a peck on the cheek and hands you. Uh, like a coffee on a little saucer. Oh, thank you. Hi, I'm I'm Kimberly. Hi, I'm Harrison, and I do the old like you know I try to stand up. Yeah. As she comes by, you know, it's yep. like a polite gesture. <coughs> and uh, the dwarf says, "I'm lost from Smeltbrew. This is my establishment. I understand you've been assisting Mister Lunskund with the investigation." Uh, yes, I have. Um. I, I think at this point, to be fair, uh, th- let's just put all the cards out on the table. Now, uh, Gosler is still in here with you. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, um, I introduce myself. I say, my name is Harrison Bullet, um, And I, I look at Gosler, and I say, um, aside from the fact that I am truly an adventurer who is working his way from Hexley to the other side of this mountain... I'm an official Imperial Justier. Justicier. And I, I kind of like, I look over at, at Gosselier and just kind of, you know, give a little shrug, you know? Naturally, I would not bring this up. However, your head of security, who I, I must say has been doing a fine job, um, did mention that he was looking to send word back to Hexley in order to request the... Uh, maybe a contingent of the Thunder Force to assist in this investigation. Um, the only reason why I bring up exactly why it, or who I am and what I do is by 
using my name, it may it may hasten their arrival in helping with this investigation. There are a lot of things here that seem to be going on that in a normal world just would not make sense. Um, has anybody uncovered what exactly has happened to the body yet? And, and as I say that, I, I look like, is there any sort of reaction when I mention that I'm... So Gosselier goes, and Lostrum looks at him and looks at you and says, I'm sorry. But no, I said that he's doing an outstanding job conducting this investigation. Not knowing what he knows now, I would have handled myself in the same way. So there's no reason to be worried. If that's the look that I'm getting from him, like if he looks like he's like, oh shit, like one of those. Yeah. Like I'm I'm letting him know that there is no reason for him to be worried in any way. And by the way, I don't want my title to afford me any extra benefits while I'm here. Oh, Again. that's very kind of you because the last thing I want are more Imperial dogs sniffing at my door. I appreciate the help, Mr. Bullet, you said? Yes. Understand, I run this establishment. That doesn't mean I'm a friend of the Empire. Nor do I assume that anybody is a friend. I find it curious that we have our first murder since we've opened, and now there's an Imperial agent in our midst that apparently nobody knew about it. And he kind of looks at Gosselier again. And Gosselier's like, oh, oh, oh boy. We fled the Imperial City. That's why we became miners. I'm sure that's before your time, so I'm not going to hold that against you. If I don't get to the bottom of who murdered this person and where the body is of this person, within two days, we're going to have to reconsider our options. Now, to assist you, I'll give you all of our personnel files when we hired these people, everything that we know about them. Mr. Gosselier conducted a thorough background check of everyone here. So if there's any files in particular you request, we can get those to you. Other than that, I have a casino to run that's rapidly losing money. So forgive me if I'm not as courteous as I could be. I appreciate your concern, and I understand where you're coming from. My advice to you would be to open the casinos back up. It seems like the, the, not only the staff and your guards, but the clientele that has chosen to frequent this beautiful establishment, they're a little on edge, and I think maybe a little, uh, a little gambling might take the tension out of the air. His, uh, his wife kind of steps in. Thank you, sir. I think we'll do that. Okay. And I mean no disrespect to each their own. My title, I just hope, can afford the opportunity to put this to bed and everybody can go on with their lives. And everyone seems happy with that. Uh, and nothing else, then they will escort you out. Okay. Uh, his wife follows you out and grabs you by the shoulder and says, listen, he... He's a good man, but his family was murdered by Thunder Force 
for being heretics, and he fled. So he's not very keen on the Empire. And I'm telling you this, I'm hoping that you don't report that he's here, because I think he's technically still a fugitive. But he's a good man who would just try to do something good for the world. I appreciate your concern, and I can see your love is true for this man. I have no intentions on reporting anything back. My goal is to leave, and in the process of doing so, my hope is to assist you in figuring out what exactly happened here. So if you would be so kind, I'd like to have a private conversation with your head of security, because I, I think there's a few loose ends here that need to be tied up. Okay, and um, I think you're right. I think uh, tonight at midnight we'll reopen the casinos. Okay, great. Uh, so she leaves, and Gosselier kind of smirks and puts his hand on your shoulder as you're walking. I kind of like walking side by side with you. Well, it seems that we've now truly gotten to know each other. Well, it's a pleasure, and I reintroduce myself to him. So I put my hand out to shake his hand. Thank you, sir. Perhaps you can use another travel companion when I ultimately get fired. <laughs> there was no way for you to have known, unless I made the um, unless I made the announcement. It was bound to remain a secret for my entire duration of stay here. So, well, now I learned something about Lostrum. Ah, yes. He probably would have killed me if I had Thunder Force come here. Probably so. Well, at least we fished that one out. Yes. Here's what I require. I would like the personnel file for both your cook and Melnick. Yeah, we could do that. Okay. And then I would like to have both of them placed in separate rooms for interrogation. Okay. Very good. All right, so I just I'm gonna hang around and wait until, okay, you know I have the files and. Um, All right, so it's it, uh, probably close to like late night, <coughs> early, midnight if that makes any sense. Uh, you get the files. Uh, and they situate you in a room, on the third floor. Okay. Uh, we'll start with the cook. All right, uh, it's going to take us a little bit to get him. Uh, so if you want to read these files, uh, we'll let you know when he's here. All right, that's fine. So I, I occupy the room. I would imagine there's a, a table in the room with at least two chairs, right? One that I could sit in and then one yeah. that he could sit in across from me. Yep. And, and my hope is that um, Gosselier will be able to be in the room with me. Okay, so uh, if you look at the file, uh, the cook's name is Reginald Bright. Okay. So Reginald... Uh, is a little bit of a drifter, or at least was. Uh, he was born in Greendale, which is to the northwest in House Dragon Watch. According to the file, uh, he, he at some point moved to Hexley and has one arrest recorded, uh, and that was for a bar fight. The bar fight occurred in uh, Blackwing, which is to the direct west in House Dragon Watch. 
at some point in between him being born in Greendale and moving to Hexley. <laughs> uh, no culinary jobs in his previous work history. But he was responsible for building roads. Where does he live? All the staff lives here. Okay. And if they want to go visit family, like they get vacation time, they can go to wherever. Does it state where he has family? No. Is that because he has no family or? Possibly. Okay. Um, you want to look at Malmec? Well, no, we'll deal with this guy first. Okay. Right, and then worse comes to worse, if I have to bounce between the uh, the rooms, I can bounce between the rooms. Um, all right, so as I'm thumbing through the uh, the file, <clears throat> I um, you know, I'm just waiting for them to bring yeah. him in. All right, so they bring him in. Okay. So very polite, I say, "Oh, please, uh, Mr. Bright, is it? Yes. Oh, please have a seat. Have a seat. Oh, this shouldn't take long. You're the doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have a seat. Just have a couple of follow up questions for you. Okay. Uh, just excuse me one second, and I step outside with uh, Garcia, and I close the door, and I ask him. I say, um, "Has a search been conducted of his room?" Uh, they're doing it now. Okay. Oh, will you be joining me? Uh, I was planning on going to his room, but if you want me to join you, then that's... No, actually, I would prefer that you oversaw the investigation of his room, if that's okay. okay. Just be aware. You have a mole in your ranks. And I'm not sure if it's just one, but you have a mole in your ranks. So just be careful as you oversee the search of his room. Oh, and then I say, is is Melnick already in a room? Uh, Melnick is on his post right now. We figured we'd leave him there until we're ready for him. Okay, because you're probably going to want to search his room, too. Uh, he sleeps in the barracks, so he only has a bed, but we can... Footlocker? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would search that. Maybe bring the contents to the room. Okay. If you find anything that's remarkable. All right, so um, I go back into the room, and uh, as long as it takes, I just make this guy sit down, and I just continuously just keep like this through the paperwork. Okay. You know, I just keep turning pages. Is, is, is anything the matter? Am I going to be okay? Oh, we're going to get to that. Hold on. How's your ankle? Uh, it, it, it's much better. Thank you. It is. Okay. Considering I just examined it a few hours ago, it's better though. Much better than it was. Oh, okay, good. And I just, I flip pages. I don't care if it takes an hour or two hours. And I just, I wait for Gosselier to come back. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I basically want all the yeah. information before I start talking about this. So uh, there's eventually a knock. Okay, so I, I stand up and I open up the door. And it's, it's Gosselier. Okay, I step back outside. Did find anything? No. No soul Peter in there? No. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> also, uh, no cookbooks or recipes or anything like that either. They don't keep that in the kitchen? I mean, usually our, our chefs 
have their own books and recipe books that they have. Most of our other chefs do. So it's kind of weird that he doesn't. Mm. What is it that I had for lunch? I had the mushroom. The ro- uh, the fire-grilled mushroom boar. Ah, yes. He didn't make that, though. That was from a different restaurant. Ah, that's quite all right. Okay, so I go back into the room. Uh, Mr. Bright. Yes. So I, I, I need to uh, ask you a few questions, so hopefully you can provide me with the answers that I'm looking for. Um, how long have you been employed here? Um, about a year, maybe. Six months. Something like that. Uh, according to his file... It's been like a month, maybe two. Okay. So six months to a year you've worked here? And you've been the, the cook here for the whole time? Uh, I'm not the head cook, but yes. You're one of the one yes. of the cooks. Okay. Um, where did you work before? Uh, I was a sous chef uh, in uh, the town of Hexley uh, to the west. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that, I, I just did some manual labor. Okay, where in uh, where in Hexley? Uh, in in the main part of Hexley. No, where I'm I'm very familiar with Hexley. I've eaten at a lot of restaurants. Oh, uh, I was a sous chef. I started in a soup kitchen. Uh, that's where I started, kind of finding my enjoyment for cooking. Uh, and then I was uh, the <clears throat> the sous chef in the Purple Cow. The Purple Cow. I'm sorry, what does this have to do with my, my health? Oh, we're going to get to that. Don't worry. We're going to get to that. You know what I had for lunch today? And maybe help me walk me through this. I had that fire-grilled mushroom boar, and it was delicious. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, what yeah. restaurant did you go to for that? Oh, that was at, um, oh, I can't recall the restaurant. I know it wasn't at the The, the Rocky Oyster. No, I'm just... I'm, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh. I'm like, oh, I can't recall the restaurant. I said, why? How come you guys don't serve that? That's It was delicious. Oh, we're supposed to have different kinds of menus from each other, from right, the restaurants. Right. So what's your signature dish, Mr. Bright? Uh, my signature dish? Yeah, yeah. I, I make I'm sure a, in your, your history of, of cooking, working your way up from, you know, a line cook, sous chef... Now you're one of the, I would think one of the, you're not the head chef, but you're one of the lead cooks here from what I understand. And the food from this restaurant is outstanding. Yeah. Um, from I, what people tell me. I make, um, I make really, really good uh, potato wedges. Potato wedges? Yeah. Uh, uh, lavender uh, potato wedges. Lav- lavender infused mm-hmm. potato wedges with, um, with a, a, a corn reduction. Corn Re- reduction. Yeah, it's delicious. Is it? You've been here for a year and you just make sides? No, no, no. That's my best dish. Okay. Where'd you learn how to make that? I just, I just came up with it. Just out of nowhere? Yep. For this establishment? I'm. For, yes. 12 months ago? Yes. Okay. And how long have you been cooking? Uh phew. Couple of years, couple of years. Like on the books, cut like you've been places. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. 
So I'm flipping through the papers. Like, how come your application here and your work employment here, you've only been here for like a month? Why do you have my... Oh, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Uh, don't, I told you we're going to get to all this, but what, I don't understand. It's probably supposed to be 12. They probably forgot the two. No, I don't, I don't know. I think they keep pretty good records here. I see no prior cooking experience that you listed on, on the resume that you provided when you uh, first began to be employed here. Well, I just, you know, it was off the books. You know, I just... But you just said that it was on the books. Well, I mean, I, I worked in actual restaurants, but, you know, I, 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 did, I did it for volunteer work. Oh, so you volunteered. Yes. So you worked with your hands before and you just decided, I'm going to give up making money and now I'm going to volunteer to be a, a chef. Yes. Well, my last job uh, before that, mm -hmm. uh, we ended up getting laid off. That's when I, I was going to the soup kitchen and I offered to help make food at the soup kitchen. And then became a sous chef voluntarily. Yes. To learn. Of course, to get your experience, to then come here where you said that you've been employed for a year. They say that you've been employed for a month. Well, do you have any close friends here? I've made a couple friends, sure. So if I ask the staff here who it is that you walk around, that you're friendly with, who, who do you think that they would say? Um, well, there's a, there's a girl that I'm, I'm keen on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel, um, so I spend a lot of time with her. Uh, you, you can ask around. We we usually spend a lot of our off hours um, at uh, at the Drunken Birds. Anybody else? That's it. You're just you have one friend. I have a couple of, of buddies. You find yourself hanging out with any of the guards? No, we're not really allowed to hang out with them. Oh, that like fraternization that's frowned upon. Yeah, the guards really aren't supposed to hang out with uh, the regular staff. You get offended by that? No, I understand it. You understand that they shouldn't talk to the staff? You're all employed by the same guy, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, those are the rules. Okay. Why is it that you seem to be the only person that was running from the explosion that took place in the oven... Is that what is that what this is? I'm gonna get fired because I ran instead of trying to put the fire out. I'm just I'm just curious as to why there were other chefs that were surrounding the oven, but you seem to be the only one that ran. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Well, as a as a doctor, I'm just trying to get to your mental state. I just want to make sure that everything is okay. All right, look, I I got scared. I ran. I lied that I twisted my ankle so that maybe I wouldn't get fired for running. That's very interesting. When you fell, when you pretended to twist your ankle, did you fall into the oven? Into the oven? Yeah, yeah. No. No, you didn't fall into the oven. No, I was running away from it. You ran away from the oven. Right. So when you fell, you just landed on the ground in the kitchen? Like right on the kitchen floor? Uh, like on the door. The, the kitchen has a back terrace doorway that leads to the racetrack. Okay. And I was running out that door, and that's where I fell, like in between the racetrack entryway and the and exit of the of the kitchen. Okay. You just fell right on the floor? Yes. Nothing there? Right? Nothing to like pad your fall or anything like that? You didn't fall into people, right? right. There was yeah. nobody there? You right. just fell right onto the floor? Yeah. Okay. What were you doing before the uh, the explosion in the oven? Uh, they... Were you preparing this delicious potato wedge lavender infused with the corn reduction? 
No, they they were preparing the special for the night, and I was helping. Oh, and what what's the special? Um, if I remember, it was blackened pepper lamb. Blackened peppered lamb. And, and what was your role in the preparation? What were you doing? I was putting the seasoning on. So you were putting the seasoning on the lamb. Yeah. Now, typically when that happens, would the oven be on already if you were just in prep? Yeah, we would preheat the oven. So the ovens were being preheated. Did you preheat the oven? Uh, I don't remember who lit the fire inside the oven. Is that what you're asking? No, I'm asking you if you preheated the oven. Right. Yeah, we had to light the logs to get the fire going. You um, keep saying we, but I mean you. Was no, you? I didn't do that, no. It wasn't you. Were you around the oven? All night, yeah. Were you doing anything to the oven? I know you were standing around the oven, but... No. So you didn't place the logs into the oven? No. I placed the lamb in the oven. You put the lamb in the oven. So you prepped the lamb. Right, I had to rub the seasonings in, and then I put it into the oven. Okay. Where did you get these seasonings? Uh, from the pantry. And what were they labeled as? Seasonings. It just, <laughs> <laughs> it just said lamb seasoning. <laughs> That's it. No, uh, it was, you know, uh, paprika and turmeric and uh, salt, pepper. How many know. times have you prepared this dish before? Or at least how many times have you used these seasonings before on, on, um, on a dish? I mean, the seasonings we use a lot. You know, so this is a common seasoning that you use. Well, the, that combination is is for the the lamb, which we do twice a week. So you make this lamb twice a week, yes, as a special. Yes. Did you notice anything unusual this time when you were prepping the lamb? Um. Yes. Oh, you did. Yes. What did you notice that was unusual? I thought maybe there was something wrong with the lamb because it smelt weird, and I mentioned it to the head chef, and and he told me to ignore it. So you talk to the head chef. He told you, ignore the odd smell of the lamb. Yes. Did you insist that there was a problem? Like, what was his demeanor? Uh, uh, he just told me to ignore it, and I did. He's the head chef. <coughs> <coughs> Who is the head chef? Uh, Cecil Reed. How do you get along with Cecil? He's he's my boss. I, you know. Well, it doesn't mean that you get along with him. I mean, do you get along with the guy? We don't really speak. Is he a jerk? Is he a nice guy? I mean, he's a chef. He's a jerk. How long after you placed the lamb in the oven was there an explosion? Maybe a few minutes. A few minutes. Where were you standing in, in relation to the oven when it exploded? Um, it was, I was preparing uh, a creamed spinach. So I was at the, the line, which, so that would put the oven behind me and slightly to the left of me. Right. Was anyone standing next to you? Other line cooks, maybe. I, I don't really remember. So there was a like a like a table in front of you as you were prepping. The counter, yeah. So the oven, you you prep the lamb, you put the lamb in the oven, you yes. then go back to the table to continue prepping this delicious which I would love to try one day. 
your cream spinach. There's an explosion. You then run around your fellow workers. Nobody else runs. Only you. You run around your fellow workers. And that's why I'm embarrassed. And now I'm starting to realize that you're here from management and you're going you're gonna to fire me. Did you notice anything else unusual about your day? Other than a lady getting killed? Well, before that. No. After you fell, how long after was that woman stabbed? Uh, I don't know. What I was told is pretty much at the same time, but I, I, you know, I don't know. When you fell in the direction of the track, did you happen to see anything? No. I saw people, but nothing in specifics. Okay. All right, just sit tight for me. Okay. All right, I step outside. And uh, I look to Gosselier. And I say, do you know anything about this head chef? Yeah. How long has he been employed here? Years. Something is not making sense here. And I explained to him how okay. the saltpeter was actually contained according to our buddy in here. How it was in the seasoning and now either somebody planted this saltpeter in the pantry knowing that it was going to go on the lamb that eventually was going to go into the oven which obviously was going to cause the explosion. And this guy is so fucking dense to understand what seasonings are supposed to smell like that he just chalked it up to the smells bad. Chef says put it in. Okay, I'm doing it. Or he is the best at playing fucking dumb. Uh, I mean, we could talk to the head chef, but I, I don't personally know him, but I hired him. He's, he's a genuine fellow. Okay. I do know that he's very close with, um, Mr. Smeltbrew. So I, I, I do find it peculiar that he would do something to jeopardize the business here. But okay. anything is possible. All right, we can hold off on that. Um, let me explain to you what I uncovered about Melmick. And um, Harrison will go on to just give him an overview as to the conversation that he overheard in the bar. And then um, he'll look to Gossier and say, "Let me. I, I want to accompany you on this interrogation, but I think this is something maybe that, that you should conduct, being that he is one of your staff members. Okay. <clears throat> He's obviously responsible for this body disappearing. He did, in fact, cause the uh, your night staff to take a quote-unquote break. Well, we'll, uh, we'll go collect him. Why don't you and I go to his room and just check his belongings? Let's this footlocker, I should say. Yes, yes. All right, so you guys go to the barracks. Uh, other soldiers go, or security guards go out to grab Malmick. Uh, you get to his footlocker, and it's locked. Okay. Break it? Yeah, it's got to be open. All right. So he, uh, he takes his rapier and does a little fancy footwork and pops the locker open. <laughs> and inside are some personal belongings and a little bottle. 
with just a little bit of sip of fluid in the bottom of it. I just... Be careful when you touch that. What is it? I don't know. So he picks it up and he kind of looks at it. And he pops the top of it off like a cork. Mm. And he kind of sniffs it. He says, huh. Strange. What is it? It smells like... When you sat back in your chair, I thought you were going to say like he was going to pass out. (laughs) (laughs) It smells like driftwood poison. Driftwood poison? Yeah, it's uh, it's an older uh, poison. Uh, It slows the heart rate and pulse of its victims down and puts them into a coma. But it's not very long lasting. How much would one have to take? Yeah, how much would one have to take to actually exhibit those effects of I've the poison? I've never used it, but this isn't much. Maybe a sip? Well, I say that, like, do you believe that since there's just remnants of this at the bottom of the of the glass or the, the jar, there was a portion used? Maybe. But I don't know why, why would a why would a security guard have this? And if he does have it, who would he use it on? Give me a perception check. Sixteen. You hear whistles, like alarm whistles, from the guards. All right, I shift my attention to where I hear these whistles coming from. They're coming from above you, and now they're growing. There's more and more of them blowing off. Okay. What the fuck? Are we going to go investigate? Yeah. So I'll look to Gossier and I say, yeah, cork that and let's go. All right. So as you're running down the hallway towards the stairs, the door holding Reginald bursts open. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Okay, so you're able to skid it to a stop before it hits you, and Reginald takes off running. From down the stairs comes Melmech, and he's got uh, Lorstrom by the throat with a knife. And behind him is Dixie Flores, and she has a whole boatload of money in a bag. Mm -hmm. An arrow... (laughs) <laughs> from the lobby comes up and strikes Gosselier in the chest and he falls back to the ground down on the floor on the ground level is your witness fucking asshole I feel like I'm in Maverick <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch um, I'm, I'm sorry Melmick has the fucking Mr. Smelt yep and they're backing their way down the stairs and all the guards have weapons drawn and Dixie is motoring for the front door okay I am going to who's closest to me between bad guys yeah between Dixie oh I'm sorry go ahead and Melnick Uh, they're about the same distance away but uh, technically Melnick is in front of her so, so from, in relation to you, yeah, yeah. if you're looking, he's coming down the stairs and she's beyond him. 
So he's closer, working his way down the stairs. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to fire a bolt down. At Melmic? Yeah. All right. Let's hope I don't miss. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. I'm going to fire a bolt at good old Dixie. But at, like, her leg. Okay. She's running down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, at her leg. Hopefully, okay. my, my thought is I catch her in the leg and she falls down the stairs and doesn't break her neck and die. All right, since she's running, we're going to roll this with a minus one. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I fumble. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I rolled a one. Oh, God damn it. Well, this is good because I'm, I'm hoping... Well, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, whatever you want to do. But like, I feel like I just burst out through this door. The fucking door explodes towards yeah. me. I kind of dodge and I'm like caught off guard. I shoot like an errant fucking arrow. Good thing I didn't shoot at fucking Melnick. <laughs> <laughs> I would have killed that motherfucker. That would have been bad. Uh, so we'll say the bolt just kind of flies willy-nilly, and it strikes the guard that's closest to them chasing him. Oh, good. So now it's going to look like I'm part of this. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and uh, we will initiate combat. In three rounds, they escape with the money. Okay. All right. You want to... Roll initiative? Yeah. Uh, really, the only combatant is um, the gentleman on the ground floor. Okay. Uh, and for brevity, while Dixie is running, she yells, Wade, get the horses. I fucking knew it. 15. 12. So you are up. All right, I'm shooting fucking Wade. He's right. down the stairs from me? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to shoot Wade. Fucking finger me. I miss eight. All right. He's going to take a shot at you. Uh, it's going to be a miss six. Yeah. All right. So you both, I picture you like duck behind the banister when you see his arrow hit Goslier. You turn around, you fire. He fires at you. You both kind of miss each other okay. while you're ducking for cover. Wow, that's round one. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. My next shot at him. I fucked up. I get an attack and then a minor action, right? And a minor action could be to hide. Yeah. And I could do it in any order. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Right, so technically, can I stealth hide? Like, as a rogue, if I try to, like, let's say, take cover, hide and use my stealth, do I then get advantage? Yes. Okay. All right, so <clears throat> I'm going to try to... Uh, I'm going to try to dip into like a shadow or like behind like a... Uh, okay. Like a banister or railing or something like Give that. Give me uh, stealth. We're looking for 16 or better. 17. All right. All right, here is Le Etec. Wow. Now my luck has completely fucking changed. <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> A 10. All right. Um, are we, oh, you now you can't hide again. Nah. So I should have actually done it in the other direction. Yeah. But whatever. 
but he's not much better. Uh, so he sees that you kind of disappear, and then an arrow comes out from nowhere, and he kind of gets a bead on you again, fires an arrow at you from his long bow, and uh, it slams into the wall next to you. Fuck. All right, here's my last fucking shot at this. How far away is he from me? Probably like 30, 40 feet. All right, I'm going to take another shot at him. All right. Nineteen. That will hit. Six. Five damage. All right. So the arrow whizzes by, and I picture like it hits him in the forearm. <clears throat> by the time the arrow lands in his forearm, Dixie and Reginald and uh, Malmec are to the door. Okay. Reginald turns around and tosses a little ball of something with a spark on the top of it. And it lands in the lobby. And it explodes. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Uh, difficulty is going to be uh, 15. 16. Whew. So just in the nick of time, this thing explodes. The chandelier falls from the concussion. And shards of broken glass kind of cut you up a little bit, but it doesn't really hurt you. Uh, more disorienting than anything, and they are out the door. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to... You said I'm like 30, 40 feet from the door? From him, and then another like 10 feet to the door, so probably like 50 feet. We're right. now out of combat. So are you going to try and chase him down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm going to try to chase him. <clears throat> now I'm screaming for Star. Okay. Uh, so Star comes running from... He was in the back by the crime scene. So he comes. He's coming running. Are you going to just run after him? Are you going to try and like jump over the banister or do anything fucking crazy? <laughs> I feel like you're setting me up for failure here. Um, how much time would I save if I jump off the banister as opposed to running around to hit the stairs? Well, I would imagine where was the. So I was not prone. What's the word that I'm looking for? Crouched. Exposed enough where when the chandelier hit. Like, the shards kind of caught me. Right. It'll be a different difficulty, depending on what you decide to do. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go the, the quickest route that I can to get to the door. So I'm going to try to hop down the banister and maybe catch the stairs. All right. Give me an acrobatics check. Which I am not proficient in. Acrobatics. Okay. 21. Poof. All right, yeah, so you kind of do like a nimbly-bimbly flip. You kind of do a crouch and roll, like in breakpoint. Oh, uh, yes. You hit the ground and roll forward, and you're off and running. By the time you get to the door, they are saddled up, and they are already heading across uh, the Iron Crossing Bridge. And Star is hot on your heels. Within range to take a shot? Yeah. Are there any other horses around? Yeah, but they're all uh, hitched up. You'd have to spend time unhitching them. Right, right. All right, who's the last... Wait, did he leave with um, with Smelbrew? Like, he has Smelbrew on a horse? Yes. <clears throat> all right, who's the, the trailing member of this Malmec. party? Malmec and Smelbrew are on a horse. Who's in front? Malmec... Is behind Dixie him. is in front. With no, the no, I'm sorry. On on Malnick's oh, on the horse. horse. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I would imagine he has smelt brew in front of him, right? Yeah. So his back is exposed to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a shot at his back. All right. Give me uh They're not on the bridge yet, right? Oh, yeah. They're just entering the bridge. <clears throat> All right. Uh, check that. You said Dixie's in the front. Do I have yes. a clear shot at her? Like, do I have an angle where I can hit her? You'd need a nat 20 to hit her. Oh, forget it. All right. So I'm going to shoot Melmic. Okay. We're looking for a 11. 21. Oh, okay. So you, you strike him, and he kind of slumps to the side, dragging the horse to the right. And now um, the rest of the criminal party is like maybe 70 or 80 feet onto the bridge. But the, the horse carrying smelt brew has stopped. Uh, I'm going to race over to that horse. Okay. Give me an athletics. See how fast you get there. Come on, feet. Athletics. Ugh, that's strength. Uh-oh. Nope, I'm a lumbering fool. Four. Okay. Well, by the time you get to the horse, uh, Malmec is alive, but he is hurting. Okay. He's having a hard time breathing. Good. You're going to hop on this horse and go after him? Yeah, they're, they've fallen. Both of them have fallen yeah. off the horse? Yep. Yeah. Uh, gonna- Star... Is going to hop on the horse with you? Yeah, that's what I was okay. assuming. All right. So I'll take the front. He can take the back. All right. And uh, yeah, we're going to start racing across the bridge. All right. We're going? Reluctantly. Give me a perception. Shit. 19. You notice uh, you're about maybe 150 feet onto this bridge. Reginald throws another bomb off the back of his horse, and it lands square in the middle of this bridge. Oh, fuck. Give me... How much time had passed in the last one? Like, he threw it and it exploded? Yeah, within a few seconds. And they're still on the bridge? Yes. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Thirteen. This bomb goes off, and the bridge starts creaking back and forth, left and right. There's obviously a huge hole, and of course, no railings in the center. Uh, and the bridge starts collapsing in on itself. By the time you realize what's happening, you, the horse, and Star start falling through the broken wood. You fall off the horse. Okay. And that's where we'll end. Fuck you. Son of a bitch. What's slow? Very slow to record. I think it's because it's chilly. The computer's a little chilly. But at least Not your computer. Chilly. chilly. Unlike yours, mine will just shut off. True. Without warning. True that, yo. Without warning. Uh, so I wonder how many of you out there listening uh, to this are balls deep right now in Black Friday shopping, and the only thing stopping you from another mass casualty incident is listening to us, (laughs) or provoking it, perhaps. Who knows? It can go either way. Uh, I hope you're not out there shopping. 
No, that's fucking terrible. Your wives, girlfriends, that's fine. Yeah, send them out. Yeah. That's what they're for. I I really despise the people that wear and I purposely didn't do Black Friday as a toast because I have a feeling people probably figured that was coming. Yeah, it's like too cliche until yeah. they listen to the Warhammer episode. <laughs> Warhammer 40 cliches. <laughs> uh but I, I cannot, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that when I drive past, because we have a, a, a couple of shopping centers, strip malls, uh, uh, an outlet mall. When I drive past and I see people wearing Black Friday costumes. Hold on. They have costumes for Black Friday? You, I use costume for lack of a better word, but think about prices Right. You've probably watched prices Right. Of course. Yeah. The old ladies, the old biddies yeah. that come to the, the front, mm-hmm. to the... Uh, the physical challenge or whatever the fuck it's called. Was this double dare? Uh, whatever. And they're wearing their shirt that is promoting uh, prices right. Okay. Right, right. <clears throat> I see people wearing Black Friday clothing like that. I see. The the Johnson family, Black Friday shopping. And they're all wearing ho, like ho, the same ho, outfit. or some fucking horse shit. Yeah. It, it's like when uh like when kids go on a school trip to like a like a ball game or something. They all wear the same color so you can point them out. Right. This is what families do when they go fucking yes. shopping. Yes, and while they're standing in line in front of the store, the only thing that I wish for is for them, hopefully they had a happy Thanksgiving. I, I hope, beyond hope, when you wish oh, no. upon a star. Disney's going to come after us. D- I, you can't sing any more lyrics. I hope mm-hmm. that it oh. runs them down with a car. You mean like he's driving an Uber and he picks them up because they have to get home? That's what Brian meant. They need they need a lift, L Y F T, to spot a dick. Here, here. <laughs> to our listeners, they are the greatest people. I don't know why you're disparaging them. It was in jest. Oh, okay. No, then they're assholes. Let Let's be real. Yeah, fuck them. To what are you holding? How's that going to work? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Give me that right there. Uh, to Black Friday. I'm getting us matching shirts. We're going shopping next year. To the heroes of... May you forever have your gas tanks full. Not for explosive purposes. I meant for picking passengers up. <laughs> and pipes. Let's have a dinner Thanksgiving Let's have a dinner